Father, I pray that we would put our hope in you and you alone. And I pray that if we are putting our hope in anything other than you, anyone other than you, that you would bring that to our mind's eye right now. And I pray that by the time we leave in the next few minutes, that our hope would be in you and you alone. And I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, aren't you glad that you came this morning? Yeah. Uh, a particular passage that will be driving our prayer time this particular week. And as we talk about this prayer, uh, it's going to be driven by the first question which I'd like for you to think through. And here it is. I want you to name your greatest challenge right now. That didn't take long. Okay. So as we... As we think about this, I want us to think about as our greatest challenge of what is facing us this particular day, I want to take you to a question and then to the verse. What if life isn't meant to be perfect, but we're meant to trust the one who is? What if life isn't meant to be perfect, but we're meant to trust the one who is? And when you put in prayer requests in the next uh, few minutes, uh, I want you to know we're going to pray that God will meet your needs, but even greater than meeting your needs, we're going to pray that you put your hope in the one who is perfect and that you trust him. So the verse that will drive our prayer time is Psalm 61, 2, from the ends of the earth, I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Isn't that an amazing verse? It just captures you're at the very ends of whatever was, was, can be counted upon and was normal. And, and you may think, I'm at the end of that. That is, seems to be nowhere near. From the ends of the earth, I call to you. I call to you as my heart grows faint. And then listen, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to the one who's perfect and I can trust in you. And then the takeaway, as right before I pray, is this. Your life is that we would cry out if you are at the ends of their prayed that all of us would put our hope in you, the living hope, one who always has been, who always is, and who will always be. May we put our hope and trust in you. Hebrews 12, you may want to... Uh, take your Bible and get to Hebrews 12. We're going to pick up where we left off last week. Uh, our whole time we've been talking over the last several weeks has been about the word engage. That we're calling people to engage. It's talking about how genuine faith. Engagement versus drifting. Uh, so when I think about calling our church to engage... It is a difference between taking a class and auditing a class. I remember my tell you something right there. But I had absolutely no interest. All I wanted was the credit to get through because I was simple. And so I audited. It's more than just auditing and showing the difference there. When you get, I'm sorry, whatever grade. I just, we engage in the kingdom work that God has us to do. And so it is about, instead of going to church, we're talking about being the church. That we don't just go to an activity, 
but we actually represent Jesus Christ. We are the church. We're talking about how to flesh out what it means to be the church. And there that is genuine faith. We talked about that. The genuine faith in faith in Christ alone. Faith in Christ and not in something or someone else. Authentic relationships, importance of moving into intense relationships, and then uh, meaningful impact. Genuine faith, authentic relationships, and meaningful impact. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Just several observations. And then we want in this passage, it says, let us run the race that God has set before us, that he has a plan, he has a purpose for you. And from, from the foundation of the earth, he knew why he would want you here at this particular time. And that is to add eternal value to your concentric circle of relationships. Think about where God has placed you for this very particular time that God has put you there to add eternal value of people impacting in that particular way. Number two observation, you can choose how you will run right now. He says, let us run the race with endurance. Find a verse that might be good for your tombstone. Let me share one with you. And Merry Christmas, by the way. Acts 13, 36, God ser David served God's purposes in his own generation and died. I told you that was sick, but that's not going to be what's on my tombstone. What I want on the tombstone is that Tim served God's purposes in his own generation. And we have an opportunity. God has called us to take your time, and it is to add eternal value. And you and I have the opportunity to run that race with endurance. And why own purposes? And to clarify where God add eternal value to the people that God has put around us. That's building or not. So one of my friends last week, one who knows you, and I said, oh, and she said, they asked me, how many children do you have? And she said, my response was 50. I said, your response was what? She said, my response was, I have 50 kids. Well, no one can say that without someone then saying that she works in our student ministry and she invests in 50 young ladies every Wednesday night when they get together, that she has an opportunity to invest in, to add eternal value. That is what you call adding eternal value to people's lives for God's place. That is what, why it is so, so important. Third observation, you don't have to run the race alone. You do not have to run the race alone. Let us run the race that God has of runners there. We said this last week, and I may need to say this every, every week for a while until we get this here. We talked about this. Authentic community is not something you find. It's something you form. Roommate, if I can find the right job, if I can find the right, if I can just find it, because community, it's about becoming the. It's about who you are. Because again, community. Uh, no, no statement about it other than it's it's a, it's a barrier, and it's difficult to to have 
uh, conversation. You have to really work hard to stay engaged because you can't read everybody's. And the other part of COVID is that it is ever, it's antithetical to what God has called us to do because God calls us to, to, to be around people and because he's called us to run the race. And so this difficult season that we are respecting the, the value of, of, they talk about how lonely they are because they miss being in community with others. A couple weeks ago when we were welcoming uh, Brandon Wickert in, into New Cove on Wednesday nights, one particular family uh, said when they drove up, and they've been very careful of, of uh, social distancing, and one of the little girls just yelled out, People! <laughs> so it, it, it's, just, it's just how it is. We were made to em, embrace community. So I was at the store yesterday afternoon, and I said, Damn, and I turned around, and it was one, one of my friends, Patrick. And I, I mean, and I was in a store, but I could do all, it took everything in my power not to run up and just hug the guy because I haven't seen him since March. And I just think, oh, Patrick, you're a breath of fresh air. I can't believe I get to see you. It was to live in community. And, and here's, here's I look at all the things that are wrong in our lives. And I, you'll, you'll recognize this. We've talked about this before. Thank you very much. It's a phrase called the Peter Principle. <laughs> that is, I guess is, we can tend to do is look at this, but when we look at our, at our focal passage, it said, even when I'm at the ends of the earth, I will call out to the rock that is high. Focus on all the white space. Because where you look is where you go. And if we find ourselves focusing only on what's wrong, Everything else, that becomes the lens by which we live. And so we realize that people are lonely. And we also want to be very careful that we don't put people in awkward positions. But so here's what we're going to do. We're going to start something you'll hear from, from Pastor Brent. But we're going to talk about moving into community groups. And here, and you've got several weeks to think about it and pray about it. But I want, we want you to think of one, two, or three households that you are comfortable with that you don't mind hanging out and having close conversation those that you trust and it, it's a safe environment for you in a way <clears throat> that we feel comfortable with and so we want to say for the next several for the next time for the next six weeks that you would meet together once a week and that you would re-engage the directions and all that that you're comfortable with that you and God has called us to run the don't hang out with other people. I challenge me and who will call pulled up together crazy thoughts. Community groups. And we'll, as I said, you'll hear from this from Brent uh, in just a moment as we as we talk about this. So the point I wanted to make is that we must be more concerned about becoming than finding. And and the we must pay more attention to the who of our calling than the how. The who of our calling, we can find ourselves saying, I'm not good enough, I don't have what it takes, I can't do this, instead of focusing on the who of the calling 
of one who Jesus said, uh, I have a purpose and a plan for you. And as the writer of Hebrews said, he's called us to run a particular race. Hebrews 12, verse 2. Let's learn from Jesus. So how do we run? How do we run this race, the who of our calling? How do we run that race without freezing in fear? So here's how Jesus did it. Verse 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the correct cross. Scorn is where Jesus was. And we're calling you to focus on the who of the calling, the greater the, the, the one who created it all, not on the problem in his life. Notice it, who for the joy set before him. He wasn't caught up in the current pain. Notice this, he wasn't caught up in the current pain. He was focused on the big picture. And what was the big picture? It is Adam went through all the pain and suffering, even though he said, Father, if there's any way that I don't have to go through this, that's what I want. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He looked greater, and that's what pulled him value to the people around him. He tethered himself, is another way to put it. He tethered himself to God. And realizing the ones that were your heart. Here's one quick one. You know this, Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I mean, think about this. It determines the course of your life. Where you look is where you go. Every issue comes back to what your focus is because your focus reveals your heart. Or I like the way that Craig Dennison put it. He said, your heart is the window to your beliefs. It reveals where you placed your trust and hope. It reveals what truly is where. That our hope would be at all, that we would put our hope and trust in Him and Him alone. So whatever is unplanned that has come, whatever is unexpected, whatever is unwanted, opposition to one another, they cannot coexist. There's not a demilitarized zone for these two of, of, of all. What I'd like to do is, and I want to chat with God, I want to read a think about why has held the oceans his fingers? Who has weighed the mountains on the ear of the Lord? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Did someone teach him what's right or show him the path of justice? To whom can you compare God formed in a mold, overlaid with gold, decorated with silver chains? Or if people are too poor for that, they might at least choose wood that won't decay and a skilled craftsman to carve to carve an image that won't fall down. Dead the words of God, the words he gave before the world began, are you so ignorant? God sits above the circle of the earth and the people below seem like grasshoppers to him. He spreads out the heavens like her. To whom will you compare me? Who's my equal? Asked the Holy One. Look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another. Because of his great power, his incomparable strength, not one star is missing. Oh, Jacob, 
How can you say the Lord doesn't see your troubles? O Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? God, the creator of the of the earth, he never grows weak. He doesn't grow weary. No one can measure the even those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. It's about genuine faith in Jesus alone, not faith in someone or something else. It's about doing life together in authentic relationships and not hydroplaning over them. And most powerful way to add value enter and saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. May new come to Jesus. A couple of things, because I want to drive you to... Um, some making some decisions here, uh, but if you would take your phone, I want to give you an opportunity to put in some prayer requests, 402-260, text the word respond, then it'll quickly give you an opportunity, and as I shared earlier, Psalm 61-2, from the ends of the earth, I call to you, I call to you as my heart grows faint, lead me to the rock, be driven to the rock, that you can depend on, that you be driven to Jesus. If you have desire to talk with one of us about what it means to know Christ, we would love to interact with you. And so you can uh, let us know that. Two or three people that you feel comfortable with. Can you do some things online? Yes, we can also set you up with a group online. We'll have a couple of groups available to you. We want you to interact with what God's calling you to do. Let's pray. Father, thank you. And Father, how I pray that our eyes would be upon you and that you would give us the privilege of trusting you and then the privilege reflect you. The great uh, at school, our 